and welcome to the One Up Podcast. This is episode 0002, Outriders Demo and Other New Games. So I want to start this podcast by talking about the newest game that I've been playing, which is Outriders. It's a new title from Square Enix that is sort of a mix of a looter shooter with a little bit of cover-based combat and a couple other neat things thrown in. You can play four different classes, and the story is, I won't say unique, but it's interesting. I won't get into the story itself in this podcast. If you want to know more about the story, you can play the demo yourself or just tweet at me at Real One Up Podcast, and I'll be happy to add it in a future podcast episode if there really is interest in it. What I want to talk about more is how the game plays and how it looks across the different platforms I've tried it on. And I'll say up front that while this game is going to have some sort of crossplay at some point, for the demo, there is no crossplay, no cross progression, no cross saves, nothing like that. So if you start the demo on Stadia, the progress that you have that could have been saved when the game goes live can only be used in Stadia. And the same for Xbox, PlayStation, PC, etc. So pick the platform that you think you're going to play on long term. If you want your progression and your items to be saved going into the main game, if that doesn't matter to you and you're just playing the demo to figure the game out and see if you like it, play it wherever you want. doesn't matter. So I decided to try out Outriders on three different platforms. I did not play through the entire demo on all three. As a matter of fact, I haven't played through the entire demo yet at all. I haven't gotten very far in it. So I chose to do most of my demo playing on Xbox, not because that's the long-term platform I'm going to play it on, but Stadia doesn't have the demo, but they will have the game at launch. So I'm going to switch over to Stadia at that point. But Xbox is kind of my secondary platform, so I thought I would play it on there on an Xbox One X, by the way. I don't have a Series X or you know one of the Series S. Xbox One X and see how it played. And then I also installed it on PS4 Pro to see how it played. And the third area where I tested it on was GeForce Now PC. So let's start with the gameplay. Like I said, this is, as far as I can tell, a cover-based shooter. Now, I have read some articles online that say things like, if you're treating this as a cover-based shooter, you're playing it wrong. I mean, this is a demo in a new game. I'm still trying to figure out what I'm doing in it anyway. But it feels a lot like your typical cover-based shooter, like a Gears or a... There was a game called like Army of Two or something like that that was similar. And I'm not a fan of cover-based shooters per se. When it comes to shooters, I pretty much like the run and gun. Obviously, I'll use cover if I need to, but that's usually hiding behind like a wall or a column or, you know, a a vehicle. Not ducking down behind some boxes and then springing up when I want to shoot something and ducking back down. That's just not my game style or my gameplay style, so... This game may not work out for me, but again, I'm still not through the demo. I, I would put myself at maybe 10 to 20% through the demo, so I don't want to cast any final judgment on it yet, but so far, it seems okay. It's not the best, but it's not the worst. The combat is interesting. The special abilities are interesting. Those are obviously depending on the type of class you're playing, and we again, we can get into more of those details in a future podcast episode if you want to. Uh, just tweet me and let me know that you'd like to go into that. But the combat itself is decent. The targeting is not as precise as other games I've played, like Destiny 2, which I play all the time. But 
maybe in this type of game, it doesn't need to be that precise. I'm not sure yet. It just feels loose. That's the best word I can use. It feels loose compared to a looter shooter like Destiny, but that may be all in the style, and I'll figure that out as time goes on. The story, as I mentioned, is very unique, and I enjoyed it thus far. I don't know where the story is going to go over time, but it has been quite interesting. This game is published by Square Enix, and the graphics are good, but they're not great. And I don't know if that's just because it's a demo and they haven't really cranked up the you know, the graphics on it yet, or if this is the way it's going to be long-term, but it doesn't look bad at all. I'll say that. It actually looks good. It just doesn't look great, if that makes any sense. And I'll talk about the differences now between the platforms as far as the play experience and the graphics quality. So as I've said, the majority of the demo playing I've been doing is on Xbox One X with a little bit on the other two platforms just to kind of compare. And I will say this, the quality on GeForce Now is probably the lowest of the three, but keep in mind that's because GeForce Now is limited to 1080p right now. I don't know if they're going to increase that at some point to 4K like Stadia has or offer you know faster FPS or HDR or anything like that, but it doesn't look as good as the Xbox One X or the PS4 Pro, but it still looks good. So if you want to play it on GeForce Now, I would say go for it select the demo on Steam and add it to your library, and then it'll pop up in GeForce Now and you're able to use it there. The quality between Xbox One X and PS4 Pro is very similar. Obviously the Xbox One X has a slight advantage, but I would say that they're not so far apart that you know you should pick one over the other just because of the graphics. If you are mainly a PlayStation player and you have a PS4 Pro or maybe even a PS5, I would absolutely jump on either one of those. Same thing if you're an Xbox player. If you if you have an Xbox One X or uh, an Xbox Series X, jump on there. The one thing I cannot comment on here is the lower-end models like the Xbox One S or the Xbox Series S or the PS4 non-pro. I don't own any of those, and I'm not sure if they you know dial down the quality adequately or, or anything like that, so I can't speak to those. But I can tell you that the graphics quality on the Xbox One X and PS4 Pro are really good compared to what the game allows. And what I mean by that is this game is not a technical marvel in the sense of graphics quality, so, so it has a certain level it reaches in terms of the quality of the graphics, which again, like I said, are good. And the Xbox One X and PS4 Pro go all the way to the limit on that. GeForce Now, of course, cannot because it only runs in 1080p for now. As far as the handling mechanics, the input and lag mechanics, things like that, they are excellent across all three platforms. GeForce Now, being a cloud streaming service, has probably a millisecond or two more delay uh, from the input on the controller to the service rendering it on your screen versus the Xbox and PlayStation, which are virtually no lag other than the you know, wireless connectivity lag. That being said, I did notice one interesting thing when playing on the consoles versus GeForce Now. When I was playing on GeForce Now, it was 1080p, 60 frames per second, solid. Never stuttered, never flickered, never had an issue. Lower resolution, but again, solid, stable gameplay. On both the Xbox One X and PS4 Pro, I noticed artifacting, a little bit of pixelation here and there, some random jitter, I would call it. So 
it may be that the these consoles, because they're the previous generation, are not quite up to snuff to run this thing at full 4K 60 flawlessly. It could also be just that this is a demo and it's not technically finished yet and needs some more work. I don't know which one of those it is, so I can't tell you, but I can tell you that you'll probably experience a little bit of glitching and, gl and jitter, not so much that the game is not playable. Again, I noticed it on my consoles. You may have zero issues with yours. So from what I've played so far, and again, I don't want to give away the story and I don't want to give away everything about the gameplay because you really should experience this yourself. But from what I've played so far, which is around 10 to 20% of the demo, I would say absolutely play this demo if this game looks or sounds interesting to you. This is just a demo. It's free. From what I understand, it is not a time-limited demo. So from what I've read and from what I think is going to happen here, they're going to leave the demo up forever. It does limit the world tier and the amount of resources and a couple other things you can have in the demo. So you can't play the entire game. You can only play a certain portion of it. But I believe you're going to be able to play that portion essentially forever, right? Until the game is no longer functioning. So with that, I would say it's free. It lets you play a chunk of the game. Why not try it out? I would highly recommend it. If you end up enjoying it, like I said, you can just transfer your progress up to the cap. And if you go to the Outriders website, it specifies there exactly what the limits are in terms of world tier, gear, equipment, um, resources, and whatnot that you're able to transfer over into the main game when it launches from the demo. But, but do remember that you can only transfer it on the same platform. You cannot play the demo on Xbox and then transfer your progress into PlayStation. It doesn't work like that. It may in the future, for all I know, but it doesn't right now, and I suspect it's not going to ever. Again, just because this is a demo. I believe at some point they're going to offer cross-play on the various platforms, but I'm not 100% sure on that. That's just a suspicion of mine. And the reason is because as of now, the developers have indicated no interest in doing a PvP version of this game, nor in offering a PvP mode. So that takes away a lot of the issues you typically have with crossplay between PCs and consoles when it comes to shooters and mouse precision and whatnot. This is a team-based game, so I think this will actually work very well as a cooperative looter shooter cross-platform if Square slash the Outriders developers can pull it off. Now let's jump into the cloud gaming section of the podcast. We're going to talk a little bit about new games that are available on GeForce Now and new games that are available on Stadium. So NVIDIA maintains a blog for GeForce Now. If you want to go there, you can just go to blogs.nvidia.com slash blog and a bunch of other stuff, or you can just do a Google search for GeForce Now blog. And it typically has a lot of information. I think they post weekly, if I'm not mistaken, on what new games are coming out for the week. But anyway, let's take a look at the most recent one, which is from March 4th of 2021. And it talks about a couple of things. So according to this blog post, there are 21 games coming to GeForce Now in March. That's a lot of games. Again, this is because, you know, GeForce Now is PC-based. You're essentially running a PC in the cloud. So all they're doing is taking games from your Steam library or your Epic Games library and allowing you to play them on a PC in the cloud. They don't have to change the game or customize it for the cloud. So you're gonna see games coming up on GeForce Now a lot more frequently than you are on Stadia or any of the other services for that matter. 
So to start the month, there are going to be six game releases, including Loop Hero and Disgaea for PC. Loop Hero, it states on the blog, is equal parts roguelike, deck builder, and auto battler. Loop Hero challenges you to think strategically as you explore each randomly generated loop path and fight to defeat the Lich. PC Gamer gave this indie high praise saying, don't sleep on this brilliant roguelike. Disgaea PC, if you're familiar with the Disgaea series, you already know what this is. It's turn-based strategy RPG. So according to the blog, the turn-based strategy RPG classic lets you amass your evil hordes and become the new overlord. With more than 40 character types and PC-specific features, there's never been a better time to visit the netherworld. And then a couple other ones that list kind of just as a bullet list here are Legends of Area from Steam, The Dungeons of Noel Book, I don't even know how to pronounce that, The Amulet of Chaos, Steam, Wargame, Red Dragon, which is on the Epic Game Store, WRC and FIA World Championship, which is Steam. So if you're a big PC gamer with a large Steam library, just know that a lot of these games are going to be coming to GeForce Now over time. And I obviously I don't think every Steam game is going to make it to GeForce Now, but I'm willing to bet over time the majority of the games, at least the ones that are most popular and most played, will be on GeForce Now. Jumping over to Stadia, it's a lot more subdued. Four games are officially listed for March of 2021. These are the Stadia Pro games. And what that means is, if you're a Stadia Pro subscriber, meaning you pay the $10 a month like I do, these games are free to you. So the four games are Pixel Junk Raiders, Avicii and Vector, Pac-Man Mega Tunnel Battle, and Reigns. So if you've played any of these before, you already know they're the same games that they were on the other platforms. It's just that they're now on Stadia. So with Pixel Junk Raiders, the little snippet it has here is Planet Tantal is under attack by fiendish aliens bent on harvesting the population's life force. Shake off that hypersleep and slash, smash, raid, and rescue your way through hundreds of unique missions, all while unraveling the mystery of the enigmatic keepers. Avicii and Vector is a musical game. Obviously, it has Avicii's music, may he rest in peace, and it sees you mix your way across the universe of light and sound. It's actually a really, really cool game if you've never played it before. And it's free to pro members, so I would say if you're a pro member, definitely try it out. Pac-Man Megatunnel Battle is just a more modern Pac-Man that has some additional features and ways to play it. So if you're a Pac-Man fan, you're probably going to like this game. And the last one is a smartphone game called Reigns. And I've never played that before, but I've seen some people play it on stream before or on YouTube videos. And it seems, uh, you know, semi-interesting, but it's not my kind of game. However, if you're into it, it's now on Stadia. That being said, there are a couple of games that are going to be leaving Stadia. So here's another thing where Stadia is trying to do a little bit more of the Netflix model where, you know, new games come in every month, but then sometimes the games leave based on the licensing agreements they have with the publishers and whatnot. There are some games leaving Stadia as well, and they've already left by the time you hear this podcast, so no need to mention them here. But overall, there are 30 titles that remain free to pro subscribers of Stadia after additions and subtractions and whatnot for the month. So I would say, again, if you're not a pro member, check out the pro member games, see if any of those are ones that you want to play. And I highly suggest grabbing the pro membership because that allows you to play at 4K60 in a cloud service as opposed to most other ones which are limited at 1080 or in some cases 720, which is, you know, hey, it is what it is. 
So in this last segment of the podcast, I want to talk about a little bit of future looking things for the podcast, as well as some games that I'm playing right now. In this case, it's going to be one game because I've been super busy and had really only had time to play one game aside from Destiny 2 and Outriders. Let's start with a one other game I'm playing, which is Bravely Default 2 on Switch. I may have mentioned it in the last podcast episode, I don't remember, but I know that I mentioned Bravely Default, the original in the last podcast, and it was an amazing game. I've already started Bravely Default 2. I haven't gotten very far on it at all, again, mostly due to time, but the little bit I've played has been amazing, and if the rest of the game holds up and lives up to the original, this is a game absolutely worth grabbing. Again, I haven't beat it yet or completed it yet, so I can't give you the official 1UP podcast thumbs up on it yet, but it looks like it's going to hold. So if you're even a little bit interested, I would just get it. But if you're kind of on the fence or you're not really a fan of the franchise and you don't really understand the combat system, let me finish it and then I'll see if it gets a thumbs up or not. And as far as future podcast episodes, I'm putting a call out here for all of the listeners to let me know what type of topics you would like to cover on the podcast. The podcast is going to be releasing on a roughly two-week schedule. And again, that's mostly due to time constraints. I don't have time to do a weekly version yet, although I do anticipate moving to a weekly release schedule at some time in the distant future. But for now, it's every two weeks. So if there are topics that you want to hear about, please let me know. Tweet them to me at Real One Up Podcast on Twitter. Just let me know. Do you want me to talk about a specific system like the SNES or the NES? Do you want me to talk about a specific type of gaming like cloud gaming? a specific genre. JRPGs and looter shooters are kind of my thing. I don't play many other types of games, but I do play others to enjoy the stories and whatnot. The other thing is questions you may have about how to approach gaming in the pandemic or how to approach gaming in 2021. The gaming industry has changed dramatically in 2020 and 2021. There's a definite move towards more single-player games, but also more games as a service or live service games, however you want to look at it. So the Destiny 2s of the world, the Fortnites of the world, they're growing and they're growing by leaps and bounds. But you're also seeing really excellent gameplay coming out of other areas like Cyberpunk 2077, the remake of Final Fantasy 7, and a couple of others here. So if you'd like me to delve into that a little bit more of what kind of changes are happening in terms of game development, how the studios are reacting to the pushback from consumers in terms of microtransactions or putting the developers through terrible crunch periods, I'm happy to talk about that too. This podcast is meant to be a positive podcast, so I don't want to delve too much into negative aspects. But at the same time, if there are things that need to be called out to improve the situation for us as gamers and consumers, and for the developers who are making these games for us, I'm happy to do it. I'm happy to use my voice to try to help these individuals and us get better games in ways that treat developers fairly and equitably and ensure that everyone profits from the situation as opposed to the few that profit now. I already have several future podcast episodes planned out and we'll be releasing those on schedule. But again, I'm happy to incorporate your ideas. And really, this is your podcast. This is our podcast. This is not just my podcast. So please give me more ideas, and I'll be happy to discuss them on the podcast. I want to thank all of you for listening to this episode of the 1UP Podcast. If you're new here, you can find this podcast on anchor.fm slash 1UPpodcast, 
or on your favorite podcast service like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. You can get the show notes for any episode at our website, www.oneuppodcast.com. That's the number one uppodcast.com. And as I mentioned before, if you want to contact us, you can tweet us at at real one up podcast. And remember, that's real, the number one up podcast. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you in the next podcast episode. Hmm.